Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host, Matthew Roberts, and this is Series 2, Episode 268 of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you for joining us as we continue with September the 21st to September 27th, covering 3rd Nephi 12 to 16, I am the law and the light. And today we're going to focus in on the section today, which is titled, Righteous Acts Are Not Enough, My Heart Must Also Be Pure. Um, and again, the Saviour is teaching the Nephites how to be a true disciple. All these all these sections in the manual really kind of mix together uh, and merge together, and there's just a lot to cover. So we are just moving through chronologically, but I just I'm highlighting the bits that uh, are addressed specifically uh, in this chapter. Uh, straight away, we see um, the part that I mentioned yesterday about the Lord teaching them how to pray. And he talks about how um, when we pray, uh, we shouldn't in verse 5, do this. He says, And when thou prayest, thou shalt not do as the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. And it's this principle that, you know, the things that we do in, like when it's praying, or it really if it's any other thing, like serving others or acts of kindness or um, studying our scriptures, you know, we're not meant to do it as a show to everyone. Um, and I think that that is... A really important point that our, that our motives really drive the blessings that we receive. Marion G. Romney has said this, quote, Oh, that's the way to pray to reach the Lord, all alone where you are not fashioning prayers for the ears of any mortal person. In secret prayer, you can kneel down and in the sincerity of your heart, pour out your soul to God alone. The path from man to God is prayer. Do as the Book of Mormon prophets advise. Pray unto the Father with all the energy of heart. The answer to such prayer is the guidance of the Holy Spirit, the key to happiness to get the Spirit and keep it, the right to get it we were given when we were confirmed members of this church, walk by it back into the presence of God. So doing, we will not be need to be put down, put to flight by our troubles, close quote. Prayer is one of those things that uh, eludes me, I think, in my life. There was a, there was a period for, of a number of months uh, this year where I got into a real good habit of saying a, a sincere prayer each night. And then interestingly, um, ironically, when I've returned to work at school, uh, that seems to have suffered a little in the nights, uh, probably because I'm more tired. I'm less you know, eager to, once I've gotten into bed, if I remember to say a prayer to get out of that bed. Uh, and so, yeah, it's something which need, needs to be worked on and something which has a real, has, and I noticed the impact in my spirituality when I was praying on a regular basis, really did feel that. Uh, and so finding a way and a time where we can become more uh, sincere and more driven in our motives to connect with God, it, it will happen. He wants us to do that. Speaking of our motives and being more connected, in verse 7, the Lord says, But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Now, we often focus on this and say, so you don't say the same prayer every time. Um, but um, Joseph Field and McConkie and Robert L. Millett have another viewpoint. They said, quote, the problem is in the vainness, not the repetition. In how many different ways can we bless our food? How many original prayers, original in the sense of novel or unusual language, can we offer? God is not offended by repetition, so long as the words are spoken from the heart and are sincere. The heavens withdraw themselves, however, in the face of vanity. Something is vain when it's empty, meaningless, or hollow. Whenever our prayers are meaningless and thus become trite or ritualistic religious jargon, having no feeling or emanating from a duplicitous heart, they accomplish little, close quote. 
I really like that quote. I really like that viewpoint because yes, we we ask, we tell our kids to not say the same things every time. But then you know when I say a prayer, I do say you know some some phrases or some ideas you know very often, and that's not because you know I'm being vain or rep- having vain repetitions. The things I'm saying, I really do mean. I am so grateful. I mean, in most prayers I offer at church and in family and in meetings, I thank my Heavenly Father for my Saviour. Does that mean I'm saying vain repetitions? No, I just am so grateful for him. I have to say it every single time. And that comes from meaning in my heart. Uh, and, and so does that mean I'm using vain repetitions because I'm saying the same phrase each time that we're grateful for our Saviour? Well, no, because I, I can't say a prayer without that. It, it's just what's in my heart. Uh, and so I think that's important that perhaps we don't focus so much on trying to remove repetitions but we focus on trying to remove trite and meaningless prayers or meaning, meaningless thoughts. We say them with, with feeling. Right, um, I'm going to quickly s- s- glide over this, but that we have the Lord's Prayer next. And the Lord's Prayer is an interesting one because, of course, many re- um, Christian de- denominations use it today as a repetitive prayer. I would point out, by the way, as well, that we also have uh, repeated prayers in the church, the sacrament prayer uh, and the prayer for the ordinance of, uh, for, for ordinances. Um, such as, yeah, well, I mentioned the sacrament prayer already, but, you know, these prayers are repeated and the baptism prayer, um, and again, they're not a vain repetition. Anyway, moving on to the Lord's Prayer, we have um, this great this great structure, this great idea of a prayer, but in the Noah number 204, it says, why is the Lord's, different, Lord's Prayer different in 3rd Nephi? There are some differences between the Lord's Prayer in 3rd Nephi and the prayer, Lord's Prayer given in the New Testament. Now, this is where I say that for those people that kind of skip over 3rd Nephi 12 to 14, or just kind of say, oh, well, I'm going to look back at the study that I did um, in last year in the New Testament in Matthew 5 to 7. Um, you can't do that. <laughs> As we've pointed out yesterday already, there are some key differences between the, the Sermon on the Mount and the Sermon at the Temple. Just like that, there are some key differences in the Lord's Prayer given in the New Testament to what was given in the, in, uh, in the Book of Mormon. Uh, and there are really three key differences. And there's a great infographic, which I'm going to share on the Facebook group, which just highlights these differences and gives some potential reasons behind it. The phrase is thy kingdom come is not in this prayer. The phrase give us this day our daily bread is not in the third Nephi prayer. And there's also an added bit at the end, which I'll refer to in a moment. The missing thy kingdom come phrase could refer to the fact and the, obviously the key difference here is that the Saviour has been resurrected. He's risen. And so thy kingdom come uh, and the Lord arriving at the temple to the Nephites in this glorious manner uh, was the indication of his kingdom, um, you know, coming to the Nephites. And as we saw from a number of generations afterwards, that kingdom was on the earth. Uh, and so with the arrival of Christ at Bountiful, God's kingdom was already come, as it were. Uh, so he didn't need to say that phrase to the Nephites in prayer. Also, give us this day our daily bread. Well, he was um, among them. And you could say, well, he was among the people in in the New Testament. So why did he say that then? Well, the difference is, is that he was resurrected. He was the risen Lord. He was perfected and glorified fully. Uh, And so with the risen Lord there, they were in the presence of the full and true bread of life. Uh, And then finally, there was a, there's a phrase given at the end, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Uh, this is called a doxology. 
uh, and I'm not going to get into the full detail of what a doxology is, um, but you can look at the Know Why number 204 on Book of Mormon Central if you're interested. But basically, um, a doxology is a bit added um, for sacredness and praise and glory. Uh, and the doxology was appropriate here because it was given at the temple in Bountiful, whereas the Sermon on the Mount was not given at a, spe- at a specific physical temple. Uh, and so perhaps that's why it's not there. Uh, it matters. And, you know, you could say, well, what, what's the point in knowing this? It matters because, again, the context is important, just like the differences uh, given in the Beatitudes in the Sermon at the Temple were important. Um, these things matter as well. They show that this just wasn't a copying of a text from Joseph Smith, but there was actual differences in the teaching that the Saviour gave to the people. He taught for their needs. He gave a, sim- a very similar sermon to them because, of course, those teachings are applicable to everyone. But there were specific things that had to be different for them uh, because of their context. He talks about um, about forgiving uh, us our debts as we forgive our debtors, which is mentioned in the uh, the Matthew version of the uh, the prayer. But I want to share this quote by Dieter F. Uppdorf talking about forgiving others. He says, uh, I should say Elder Dieter F. Uppdorf, he says, quote, we will receive the joy of forgiveness in our own lives when we are willing to extend that joy freely to others. Lip service is not enough. We need to purge our minds and hearts of feelings and thoughts of bitterness and let the light and the love of Christ enter in. As a result, the spirits of the Lord will fill our souls with the joy accompanying divine peace of conscience. Close quote. Interestingly, this quote seems to fit very well uh, with the title that we've been focusing on today, which is the righteous acts are not enough. Our hearts must also be pure. How many times do you know do we in our own lives or do we recognize in the lives of others where they've said, oh, you know, you know, I'm going to forgive and forget this and we'll move on. But then they still refer to it and still have clearly got, you know, feelings and um, emotions behind that wrongdoing that was done to them for months, weeks, many, even many years later. We need to not just have lip service. We need to purge our minds of these thoughts and feelings. If we still have those thoughts and feelings, we need to pray and ask for the Lord to remove those because they are weighing us down. They are keeping us down from being fully connected and fully joyful in the spirit of the Lord. Um, Thank you very much for listening today. Hope you've enjoyed this study. Please do share the podcast, rate it, review it, subscribe to it. It would really help us uh, as we as we try and reach out to as many other people to share the discussion, to build more discussion. You can join the Facebook group, Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me. Uh, if you're interested in uh, you know sharing your own study, whether it's to do with what we're studying this week, you can come follow me or anything else is absolutely wonderful. And you can email session at gmail.com if you'd like to join in a future podcast episode as well. Thank you very much for your time and until we meet again.